Hello, everybody, and welcome to MILF Talk. I'm Sophie, and I'm full of it. Free advice, that is. My name is Sophie Venable, and I am a psychologist, a life coach, an author, and a mother of two. Darling girls. <laughs> uh, MILF stands for Make Your Life Fabulous, and we like to talk about anything here from parenting and money issues to sex and dating. And today, we're actually talking about sex therapy. Uh, my guest today is an MFT, marriage and family therapist, who specializes in sex therapy and is currently working toward becoming a certified sex therapist through ASECT. And so please yes. welcome Shireen Hariri. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, oh, yes, and you. she's hot too. Oh, so, yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being here. So, this is actually part two. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the one before this, you should because it will sort of give you a little, we'll recap a little bit um, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, why somebody, why would somebody seek a sex therapist, you know, in general? Mm-hmm. If, if you're having mm-hmm. issues, um, uh, why would you, why do most people walk into your office? Yeah, I mean, by the time I see people, usually they're coming in because they have sexual issues that they've not been able to talk with their therapist about, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've said, I said this last time that, you know, a lot of the times we, we see people who've been seeing a therapist, a regular therapist who doesn't specialize in this for many years mm-hmm. and felt completely no space in the therapy to bring up sexual topics. The therapist didn't ask them. They didn't feel comfortable bringing it up. Maybe they got the feeling the therapist would kind of cringe at certain topics. I've had my gynecologist cringe at certain topics. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're looking down there and you can't talk about sex? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's crazy. A big deal. Yeah. We actually, I mean, this is something that we talk about a lot, which is that a lot of doctors and gynecologists and people who deal with cancer or whatever, they're not usually able to say, okay, well, what is sex going to be like with this? What right. is this thing that's happening? Right. And, so when I see these people, they usually have had that experience where someone just didn't address it at all. And they thought, okay, well, I need to talk about this. Where am I going to go? Let me Google sex therapy, mm-hmm. you know, in, in their city of choice. And, they, and if they're lucky, they find you. If they're lucky, very, very lucky, <laughs> they find me. Because you make it safe for people, right? That's the you know? goal. The goal is penis, to... Vagina. Penis, she's not vagina. Even, she's not even blinking. Yeah, there no, you go. It just, it just barely makes Hand an jobs, sex. Look at her. Nothing. All of it. All she's of cool it. as a cucumber. Yeah, all of it. There is pretty much, and I say this to a lot of people, they come in and they say, oh, I'm afraid to say this about my sex life. And I say, I, I promise you there is nothing that you can say that's even going to make me blink. Right. You know, unless it has to do with abuse or something that might make right. me blink, but penis, vagina, oral sex, butt sex, whatever, kinky, whatever, group sex, group whatever. sex, all good, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> as long as it's safe, sane and consensual, uh-huh. um, safe, sane and consensual. Yeah. Right. As well as, uh, adult, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is consensual. Yeah. Consensual. That's the consensual Legally part. <laughs> consensual as well as otherwise consensual. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, these are the, what I see a lot of is these people did not have anywhere else to go. They're desperate to talk about this thing. They need someone who knows what they're talking about, and they come to a sex therapist, and they feel eventually safe. I would think. I mean, you know, my clients can tell you one way or the other for sure. Sure, but, but we won't call them because that's we, a that, privacy issue. That is a privacy issue. <laughs> that would be unethical. But thanks. <laughs> Absolutely, there's no way I would tell you anything about them. You get a Yelp review. Yeah. <laughs> Some people do. Me. I've seen. I've seen Yelp reviews on. You know. Oh, it happens. Therapists. It yeah, definitely sure. happens. But yeah, of course, therapists. I mean, this is something probably important to say. Therapists, and in particular sex therapists, have a very strict set of guidelines and boundaries ethically and legally. 
So, you know, a, a, a therapist worth their salt, an MFT or a sex therapist or whatever, is never going to have any sexual contact with you, right. um, is never going to break your confidentiality unless it's legally mandated or needed for some reason. Right. Um, and yes. there's all sorts of stuff around that. Sure. That's um, if a child or an elderly person or somebody unable to protect themselves yeah. cannot protect themselves, we then it is you, you are legally required to step in we are legally required to step in and break confidentiality and in in addition if a client uh, if someone is in my office and they're actively suicidal or homicidal um of course if the court makes me you know open my file then i have to comply with that but other than that i'm pretty and most therapists are pretty rigidly protective of their clients confidentiality sure and with sex therapy in particular because it's such sensitive stuff yes You have so, to feel safe. You, you have, have to, feel, to safe. feel safe. So let's say somebody, you know, we kind of, we we covered a lot of, um, you know, un, unusual um, circumstances in the last, you know, in the last podcast. And um, I was thinking it would be nice to maybe um, look at some common issues, common issues that might not seem uh, like something you you necessarily need to pick up the phone and call a sex therapist about, but mm-hmm. you know things that might be kind of worrisome in a marriage back and forth, like uh, an interest. Uh, maybe maybe somebody thinks their husband has too much of an interest in porn, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. maybe um, you know. Well, let's start there. Um, it, maybe not necessarily that they're in your office, you know. But um, uh, what do we think is too much porn? You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, the the first thing to say about that is health and safety first. So if anything at all is ever happening around porn that is putting anybody at risk of injury. So a man masturbating too much could get raw. He could get sores. He could actually injure his penis. He could. Um, That'd be a lot of masturbation. It's a lot right? of masturbation. <clears throat> it, right. it would take. Well, it depends on the sensitivity. Right. Of you don't want to just go to your <laughs> husband and say, you know, you're going to get sores from doing that because then you're going to be like the priest at school. So yes. maybe not use that approach. Yes. But yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> let's let's back it up so, a little bit. But that would be an extreme case, right? That would be an extreme case. That'd be an extreme case. <laughs> you but don't want to. You don't want to be that person. <laughs> no. You don't want to. You don't want to shame him yeah. for doing something natural. Yeah. You know. Um, but there is such a thing as too much porn. Yeah. And. Uh, Injury is sort of the primary guideline for that. Um, Interesting. But the second part of it is to just recognize that when you are in a partnership, the partnership includes the the needs and desires of both partners. So if you are, if you get married and let's say you're a man and you marry a woman who thinks that porn is cheating. Mm, Yes. um, Many women do. Many women do. And and it is what it is to a point. Um, You know, by the time I see them, this might have already exploded into something where she caught him looking at some very right, right. normal looking porn, but she was very, very injured by that. But a, nor- but a, but a common day to day thing mm-hmm. in many marriages might be the man is looking at porn, let's say even a pretty normal, healthy amount mm-hmm. of porn, like mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. and he's got to close it and clear his thing and clear his cachet and, yeah. you know, yeah. and all yeah. that History. stuff. Uh-huh. And if he gets caught, there's this moment of like, you know, how could you do that? And that feels like cheating and I need you to not do that anymore. Yeah. So then he hides more. Yes. Right? It, he can hide more. I mean, so this, <laughs> this is actually a very tricky thing. Um, porn use, right now, there's a lot of talk about uh, sex addiction, porn yeah. addiction, I- even internet addiction, I think. And, 
you know, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Get off that phone. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I need to Facebook this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is this is a huge topic. And and the the difference between something that's pathologically problematic Mm -hmm. and something that's kind of healthy and normal is defined sort of by society, sort of by each couple Mm -hmm. and sort of by this general overarching understanding that we have to leave a little bit of space for people's sexuality to be more than just, you know, missionary sex twice a week at these times and very structured. So what is the difference between healthy porn use and not healthy porn use? Let's compare it to something like alcohol. Like when, when is alcohol considered a problem when it's affecting your relationships, Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. life affects your life legally. Yeah. yeah. When they're, when they're negative consequences. Yeah. And it's, it's very, very similar. You know, when, when we use, when we talk about problematic drinking, problematic eating, problematic exercising, problematic drug use, problematic sex, all of those things are based on the line between. I would like to problematically exercise. <laughs> sorry. <Go ahead. laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. When we talk about any of that stuff, go ahead. It's, sorry, it's a whole other a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so this this is something that is really really defined by um, what is what feels healthy, what is not getting in the way of your life, what isn't negatively affecting your relationships, your health, your legal status, your job, mm-hmm. um, any relationships, and so porn use as an example. Uh, if if a if one person in a partnership is masturbating to porn so much that he or she is ignoring their partner, that's a problem. If the partner starts feeling ignored, whether or not he, she thinks it's let's just say he's the one masturbating to porn, she's the one feeling ignored. It's problematic not because he's an addict, but because right. they're in a relationship and he they need to respect each other's needs. Right. So what do you do with that? You know, okay. Why is he masturbating so much to porn? Let's say it's not. I mean, everybody, let's assume. Let's assume that there's a norm of maybe a couple times a week for a few, yeah. several minutes. And, right. And that's not, doesn't have know, to be everybody's norm. No. That's but just, let's just we're assume, just throwing that out there. Let's assume that this, that's this what, couple let's, let's agrees. Assume what, that's what the wife thinks let's is normal. Let's assume that's okay. what, what, yeah. what she thinks is normal. It's okay, okay to do this, but when you're doing it every day for an hour and we're not having sex. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yes. There's no moral judgment that right. this is about. It's just like she's feeling neglected. She's right. feeling like he'd rather be with himself than with her. And how is that a healthy relationship? And if you're in a long-term relationship, you know, the 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 urge to chase, the urge to um, to make sex happen, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to dwindle down when you're not in the first, you know, couple of years Diamond, anymore especially yeah. in your and you're living together yep. and you're seeing each other every morning and every night yep. so it's kind of important to keep a little sexual tension going for yourself Absolutely. and if you're taking care of that which can seem like really not a big deal mm-hmm. you know it's sort of like well we didn't have time to have sex and you know so I just took care of it real quick and it's like I get it. Not mm-hmm. a big deal. But mm-hmm. if it's making it so that now you're only having sex once a month. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's a it's a it can it can be a piece of the puzzle that can be the you know, the puzzle of your intimacy. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So so if let's say we're talking about that same couple, we have to a sex therapist, we have to assess, OK, what is really happening here? Is he not sexually interested in her for some reason? And there right. could be a whole spectrum of reasons why that is. She could. You know, I was just talking to another therapist who's talking about a client who didn't want to have sex with his wife because she wasn't clean enough, Mm. you know, and he didn't know how to tell her and et cetera. And that comes up a lot. That's a big thing. Interesting. Um, And we talk about, okay, why is it that you can't 
tell your partner that her vagina might need a little extra attention right? in one way or another. Or she might need to go to the doctor. She might need something. Yeah. yeah. It happens. <laughs> it happens a lot. And she might not know it because she's not really sitting there with her vagina in a mirror and <laughs> smelling and tasting everything every day, you know, so he, it's kind of he up to He needs to him. speak up. <laughs> he does. He does. Especially if it's making him avoid her sexually right. and intimately and go be with porn and therefore start doing that more and more. And then she's feeling neglected, et cetera. And she doesn't right. understand. So, you know, to any couple who's listening to this, please talk about things. And as you can soon say it in a way you can say, yeah. I think, you know, Honey, the I way, think there I, might be something. There might be something going on because mm-hmm. you don't smell Something's like different. your normal, lovely mm-hmm. self. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. I know this is always a fun topic to talk yes, about vaginal, know, but, vaginal smells. Know. But, you know, that is, that is a part of life. That's part of life. Yeah. And, 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 and what if that, like, was the beginning wedge of something that went on for years? Exactly. How tragic. Exactly. You exactly. know, when it's like a couple days of an antibiotic, boom, you're good. Absolutely. I mean, and not to mention, not to mention all the other side effects that come with something with an infection that isn't taken care of, like pain, Mm -hmm. vaginal pain and whatever. Depression. The whole whole thing can just be a spiral that Mm -hmm. just and that's the problem when you're when you're talking when when we don't have a language and we don't have a communication around Mm -hmm. these things. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Things spiral a lot. I mean, some women might be like, honey, I just kind of wish you'd shave down there a little bit more and Mm -hmm. I'll pay more attention to it. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah. These are, you know, I think that the problem is, is that everything works kind of well when you're dating. And that's probably why you got married. And mm-hmm. it's simple, simple. And then, you know, when when you don't have the the same chemicals going, keeping things, yeah. getting you into the bedroom, yeah, the everything becomes a little bit more complicated. And I do think that it's really, um, it's sort of your responsibility in the relationship to, one, make sure, I mean, women can masturbate too much too, you Absolutely. know, but, but sometimes that tends to get them going. There can be a different, um, uh, consequence, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, your responsibility is to kind of keep, keep yourself interested, mm-hmm. keep yourself interesting, mm-hmm. you know, keep yourself clean and, and really like be interested in what, you know, what turns your partner on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the ideal. Of course, what we're dealing with always is that people aren't born knowing how to do all this no, stuff. No. We're born as not. babies with and no that's training. That's why people like you and me want to get the word out. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, so like all a person has is what their parents have taught them or shown them or what society has taught them or right. shown them. <clears throat> and if what that means is that she doesn't really think about these things or that things, we're here to say, okay, well, let's consider the possibility that something needs to be different. So, you know, with a couple like this who there's this rift that has been created because one thing didn't get talked about. Now, years later, they're not having sex and he's just with his porn all the time. Yeah. Now his neural pathways are all about this other thing. Yes. And she's just feeling awful. And then one of them cheats. And then there's all this other all these sure. ripple effects of that. Sure. Because the tr- because what happens too um, when somebody is um, taking care of things themselves is mm-hmm. that. It does become easier. That's easier than mm-hmm. than trying to create intimacy and, you know, that's work. Yeah. Or, you know, like, we haven't had sex in a while and now I want to come on to you and I could get rejected. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's just a whole ball of wax there that yeah. is a lot of work. And it is. 
sometimes, you know, men can really just get into their work and kind of take care of that. And it's just easier. And, Mm -hmm. and so the, so the other it's, it can be work to build this back. And so that's where hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this early on, Mm -hmm. you know, you can kind of like, uh, Throw you know, throw pennies in the bucket like as you go along, <laughs> like, yeah. kind of fill 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 the jar, fill the intimacy jar. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I guess really, uh, if your partner is looking at a lot of porn, mm-hmm. I guess the question would be, you know, what do you think is normal? Do you think zero porn is normal? Do you think mm-hmm. twice, you know, a little bit here and there is normal? Do you think mm-hmm. it's okay to look at it as long as he's not, you know? actually coming mm-hmm. you know and he's just sort of creating tension so that he'll come bring it home to you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what's okay and you and yeah. that's you gotta because you gotta yeah porn is everywhere there's it, this thing there's called no the internet escaping it, no. there's no getting, there's away, no from getting it. away from it <laughs> so if you think they're just never gonna look at it yeah that's crazy like a yeah. pop-up's gonna come by it's just gonna happen <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was um. I, I don't know if I'm going to retell the story exactly correctly, but there was a some some university that wanted to do a study on people who use porn versus people who don't, and they had to scrap the study because they couldn't find it was uh, men who <laughs> use porn, men who don't. They couldn't find any man who had never seen porn or didn't use it with any regularity whatsoever. So. There you, know, you go. <laughs> there's this, there's a, there's, and those are scientists who are getting paid to find those people. Yeah, they're so looking hard. They're, they're looking, looking hard. hard. Uh, but <laughs> they didn't find anybody. So, you know, here's here's this reality. And I would say this to any couple that, you know, y- you guys probably, or not you guys, a couple who is dealing with these issues probably didn't talk about this in advance. Maybe it was embarrassing. Maybe it was the honeymoon phase, whatever it was. Sure. Maybe they didn't know that each other's farts smelled by the time they moved in together. <laughs> Um, whatever it is, oops, <laughs> good thing to know. But you know, you, you start living together and being with somebody and normalcy quote unquote, and, and sort of the structure and daily life sort of stuff sets in and mm-hmm. nothing's been talked about. So for, for the people who think that there should be no porn whatsoever, you know, it's going to get tricky. It is yes, going to get tricky that's if, gonna that's, be challenging if it's for zero porn is acceptable. Right. Um, and you're probably asking your spouse to sort of live a double life. Yeah. Now that doesn't what what I do want to be sure to say is that in the healthiest version of a relationship where a man I'm, again I'm this is I'm gender stereotyping a lot. Yeah, Obviously that, yes. there's so we know, much more to this. We can go this both ways. Yeah. There can, yeah. Yes. We'll and, yeah, and we'll flip this around. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a chick who's into BDSM. Okay, we'll go that way. Perfect. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah. So so but what if we're dealing with with a situation where he's he wants to do that and normally what we need to look at is okay, what is it about their sex life that isn't allowing him to primarily be focused on their intimacy? Right. You know, and and I, like I said that before, but there, this is a really complex thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a reason why it's called sex therapy and not just, hey, we're just talking about this. Because right. we have to dive into all sorts of layers of this stuff. Well, let's say it's not, let's say it's not at the point of, uh, of it. What if, it, what if it's just sort of a, a, a kind of minor rift? What if they, you know, they are having sex and he's like, she mm-hmm. is my primary. Mm-hmm. She is, of mm-hmm. course. That's mm-hmm. what you know. But I just... I just like to look at naked women sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to him, he's feeling like, God, this is really normal. I'm still yeah. having sex with my wife. I'm mm-hmm. still doing this. And she's so mad at me, you know? And yeah. then, and eventually this is going to, 
this is like you said the, for the person that thinks that there should be zero porn it's gonna be tricky yeah yeah and I and that's not to say that a man is not capable of saying okay I just won't look at porn absolutely but, right <laughs> but so this is the conversation you think his is, buddy's not gonna show him something or send him an email it's like oh I can't open that something's you know? gonna be somewhere that is gonna be a sexualized image <laughs> I mean, of a woman you know it's gonna happen live it up but so what what does that woman do with that if she doesn't she can't so this becomes about talking to her about what are her expectations where mm-hmm. do they come from um, is there room? What sometimes I've even said, "Hey, okay, why don't you guys make your own porn that mm, you can watch?" Interesting. You oh, know? that's interesting. Um, because take some pictures of her. Take, take pictures, pictures of her. Of exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like create an that's erotic fun. template around that. It can be a lot of fun. Oh, you're smart. <sighs> that's why they pay me. <laughs> so you know, let's come up. Let's think outside the box of ways to make this better. Mm-hmm. And because he's he might have a higher sex drive than her. He might be th- like men tend to think about sex more than women, but you know, sometimes that's not true at all. I don't know, that's so, entirely true. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in the big picture. In the big picture. In the I big know. picture. Over, over Certainly you things. and I might yes. be a little different. But <laughs> that being said, um, in, in a very kind of typical situation, we have to come up with ways for both of them to be a little bit more in communication, a little bit more open and honest. If she's feeling like, if her deal is that him watching porn means that he doesn't find her attractive. Yes, Even if they're having the sex. Core. That is usually the core. That is usually right? the yeah, core. That is sort of like, but why do you have to look at her and you're yeah. only supposed to see me naked? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. 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 And it's, it's sort of uh, the separating out of, of, you know, that he's, he's looking at the feminine. He's looking mm-hmm. at women. He's look. he's, you know, but he's in love with her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, maybe they can look at it together. Exactly. You know, exactly. that can be really fun. Look at it together. It, it can be really you know? fun, but there's, there's something I think that's also important, which is that a person's sex life to be completely revolving around one other person in itself. It doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. But mm-hmm. if he's not that guy who is completely 100% sexually focused on her and right. nothing else, right then she might have to learn to give him a little space to, you know, have sexuality that isn't all about her. Right. And she, see, okay, here's, here's an issue that I find Mm -hmm. is that when women allow their sexuality to be anything outside of their guy, Mm -hmm. it's usually a celebrity. Hmm. Do do you know what I'm saying? Or or some completely, you know, uh, unattainable, like, you know, 18 year old barista that's not really real, you know, like some, some kind of, really unavailable kind of thing. Yeah. Which, you know, essentially a lot of, you know, all that porn is too. It's like, these are just models that he doesn't know. Exactly. You know, so, (laughs) so, uh, but, but in general, I think we have a tendency as females to, once we're in a relationship, kind of, um, we're okay with that, with our partner kind of, having the ownership of our sexuality as a whole hmm. as opposed to just you're the only person I actually have sex with. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And um, and so, yeah. and but men don't tend to do the same thing and so we're like, but I'm all about you. Why aren't you all about me? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I, I think a lot of that's just wiring sure. and, and, and sociology, you know, wiring sociology, because of yeah. society. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, and and what's what can be really interesting is if 
is if you're, you're giving your man a little bit of mental freedom around his sexuality that he's already had. I mean, he was that way, like, you know, for years before you guys got mm-hmm. married. It's not like, yeah, it's not like you walk down the aisle and all of a sudden his brain changed. Right. You know, so he he might even be able to allow you a little room in your mind. And that might be kind of interesting for you to explore yourself. And if I was really honest with myself, mm-hmm. is this the only man that I'm attracted to? Is this the only you know, and, yeah. um, you know, not to get into the sort of the dangerous territory of like, oh, am I going to go cheat? I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, um, can I even allow myself to think that this man is sexually attracted? Can I allow, attractive? Can I mm-hmm. allow myself to be aroused by that notion? A lot of women don't. I True. mean, <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah, it's it, a, it's an interesting. It's one. embarrassing, but I really did not allow myself to fantasize about other people for like ten years. Hmm. Unless, like, in my fantasy, he was, you know, like dead or gone or something. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, and uh-huh. I know a lot of married women who say that. Yeah, and, and I'm serious. I, mean, like, I know you. It's, are. it's almost embarrassing. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you're bringing up a really important, bigger picture issue, which is that. You know, what we're talking about in our society and our planet really is a lack of real ownership of sexuality at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, your own, even, your even own sexuality. Really, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, and I think women tend, this is all tendency, right? But mm-hmm. tend to repress their sexuality more for mm-hmm. various stigma reasons, religious well, sure. reasons, whatever it is. So, you know, how to get both people in a couple and just everybody to get to a place where they're like, okay, this is what I actually like, this is what turns me on. Maybe yeah. this is where it came from wasn't the healthiest place, but maybe this is where it is right now. And that's fine. But being able to open a dialogue and explore and not just be this tightened, repressed body that walking through the planet. Right, that gets to sort of express itself sexually one limited. way. Exactly. You know, this this way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and in a marriage, it can literally become like one way. This tiny We do little... this, then you touch me there, then we do this, then we do this, so then Very you come, and then I come, and then we're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it loses you know. its fun. I mean, yeah. if you're going to be with someone for a long time, there's got to be some kind of novelty, some kind of, because otherwise, unless you're, both very, very into being very stable and structured and, you know, paced certain a certain way. But that's not most people. You know, most people need something a little bit different once in a while, yeah. if not pretty frequently. Even to just at least to be able to talk about something exactly. else. Exactly. You know. Fantasize. Fantasize, talk, explore. explore. What would that be like? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, that works for a lot of people. It does. You know, it just does. because a lot of people really aren't actually comfortable stepping out and doing other things. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's really fun to talk about. It, and yes. it's really enough for them. And again, it's about that freedom in your mind, that freedom to actually be who you are and be known by your partner. Yeah. Yeah. That is what creates the intimacy. Absolutely. So let's say, so here, challenging example. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say there's, say let's say the woman in the partnership, mm-hmm. she really, you know, she wants to be um, a, a sub or dom. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. um, uh, what, didn't you, you had an example, or I think you said somebody just wanted to be spanked really hard, sure. you know, and her husband didn't want to do yeah, it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and understanding the the psyche behind that you know that's not always related to abuse absolutely you know it's not my thing i don't totally i'm just saying it's not my thing but i have no judgment about it <laughs> knock yourself out yeah literally not literally um 
And um, <laughs> it's not all Whatever about that. I know, on. I know, I know. I don't understand. And I have not read Fifty Shades of Grey, but I'd be really mm-hmm. curious to know how uh, if that's come up in your room, you know, just as far as like bringing up conversations, because yeah. it's really kind of uh, blown the lid off of a of a of a subculture. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And, and I have a lot to say about this. This is. Do you? Oh, yeah. please go. Knock yourself I mean, out. <laughs> or not. Whatever. Or not. Whatever. whatever I don't know if you're in. into that. I think whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, so this is something I, th- I think a lot of people don't realize that that kink and BDSM are actually a really pervasive part of American culture, and in fact, uh, much of the world. And. Fifty Shades of Grey certainly kind of opened the box up a little bit more, mm-hmm. so to speak. But there's been there there's been this culture going it's on for years and years and years and years and, and years. I mean, just think about Betty Page and think about the you know the kind of photography that she participated in. So, and then we can go way before that. Oh yeah, yeah, centuries before that. Mm-hmm. Back to Roman times. Back to before I'm sure that. there's a cave drawing of a dungeon somewhere. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I'm sure there is. And so, you know, human sexuality can involve all sorts of fun stuff. And it is important to recognize, I think, that, um, and this is really near and dear to my heart, that in the kinky community, in the BDSM community, there isn't a higher incident of abuse than in... I think that's really important for people to understand. That that is. is not, that is not not even is it not always born it's not mm-hmm. born necessarily of abuse well it's yeah. it's more we we like to think of it more as an orientation you know mm-hmm. like there are things that you've oriented towards and maybe you were totally born with it maybe you know there was something that you saw once when you were feeling kind of horny and it sort of like Trigger merged something. into your template maybe that just opened up what was already there maybe it created it who knows and also the hypothalamus is your pain and pleasure center yes it is both that is one par- part of your brain that is actually responsible for both pain and pleasure yes and so you don't know how people's neurons are i mean how 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 difficult would it be for those two things to be combined yeah you know there's a there's a fine a line and some yeah. people are riding on it <laughs> Very, very, very true. And that's what happens. I mean, so whatever it is that brings someone to wanting to explore, fantasize, or actually do BDSM practice is whatever it is. As a therapist, you know, if someone comes in and they're feeling terrible about wanting to do this thing. Mm -hmm. Or they're terrified that their spouse wants to. What what does this mean? What does it mean? So we start just by talking. Mm -hmm. We talk about, okay, what does it mean to you if you want this? and, And what does it mean to you, partner, if you don't want this, but your partner wants it? And so communication, it's all about the community and mm-hmm. transparency and all of that. But let's just say a couple comes in and they have been talking it out, talking it out, um, <laughs> but they haven't gotten to a resolution and they need a little help. Right. So this actually happens a lot where a, a couple comes in and they're thinking about opening up and it's often, not always, it's often that she wants to sub more. Mm-hmm. She wants him to be more dominant and to kind of and slap her a little or spank her or, you know, whatever it is, pull her hair, which a lot of that in the BDSM community is actually pretty, um, pretty mild, pretty mild, yeah. but in a more quote unquote vanilla, uh, community, it would, it would be, Oh, that's a big deal. Right. So we talk about it. Let's say we talk about it. We talk about it. And she says, okay, to my question of what do you think it is that you're really looking for here? She usually not always comes up with, I just want to feel like I'm a woman and he's a man. I want him to be strong. I want him to be dominant. They want to feel that masculine, feminine, the the energy. Dynamic. Absolutely. And it it sometimes is that simple. And Mm -hmm. so they're hoping that him doing all these things would allow her to feel 
this femininity that she maybe mm-hmm. she's an attorney in her real life, you know, and she has to be tough and she needs yeah. someone to kind of just make her feel like a girl, and make her feel like a girl and kind of that almost like animalistic, like primal, you know, mm-hmm. putting her dominating her, you know, pinned you, like an antelope. Pinned. <laughs> exactly. That's a good one. So Boy, maybe I am into this. <laughs> ah. Worth exploring. Worth exploring. Worth talking hell, to someone. I don't like my hands tied. You don't no. have to have okay. your hands tied. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I need my hands. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. You, <laughs> I'm touchy. That's, that's the thing. I mean, how perfect that you're even saying this. It's like, yeah. if, if you don't want your hands tied, okay. If you wanted to talk about why that is, what fear that brings up, we can mm-hmm. talk about that. It might it's be not worth fear. Knowing. I just don't like it. <laughs> then you don't like it. Need my hands. I want to. Yeah. Tie. Well, I'm very tactile. If you're tactile you know? and, yeah. and and you want to touch, then you don't tie up your hands. Right. Or you come up with some other way to be bound that doesn't right. that allows that that freedom. So, all about talking about. I'm this. sure there's lengthy books on how to do these things. There <laughs> are. There are some really really good books um, that that deal with kink and BDSM and non monogamy and you know opening up your relationship. I'm not going to give any specifics because I don't want to be biased, but they're right, certainly right. out there. Um, that's what Google's many. for. That's what Google's for. And, yeah. and I do tell my clients sometimes the ones that I like. But uh, I will say this. I mean, there is a book called Opening Up that's sort of a, a starting point um, that talks about what it might be like to do all sorts of different things. So, Oh, so it's, kind of, it's just sort of in general kind of. It, it, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's an <clears throat> overview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a really great book. A lot of couples come in having read it but not really knowing how to navigate all of this. So they need the negotiation. They need the, the help with the with the navigation. I just really admire that. I just think mm-hmm. I, I really – I have so much respect for anybody who walks into your office just because mm-hmm. I, love, I love that um, – I love that they're – putting an importance on it you know that yes. they're saying I, I i want to do this i want to honor my partner i want i want more intimacy yeah. i want to be closer we need help navigating this mm-hmm. you know and and we're not able to figure it out on our own or i you know i have some ideas but i don't want to be i don't want to be the leader i don't want to be pushing i want to know that she's okay and you know or, yeah. or i want to know that he's not going to be angry about this later or that, you know, he's yeah. going to feel safe or, you know, I don't want him to feel like he's hurting me, whatever. Yeah. Any, any, all of the fears that people have, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of just to even have a third party say, Hey, guess what? You're not alone. So yeah. sure. And there's yeah. ways that we could do this. And, and it's like, Oh wow, we're not so crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Normalizing it is a good part, is a of, huge the process. part yeah. of it, right? It's a yeah. huge part of everything, you yeah. know, normalizing things just going, Oh wow. You mean you're human? Yes. You know? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Totally interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it is a really interesting thing. And it it actually is very, like, it really moves me when a couple comes in and in honoring their relationship wants to get help Mm -hmm. to just figure this out, you know, before all this stuff hits the fan and and they've spiraled and they're almost about to break up. Yeah. So I, I encourage people to do that. And it can look like anything. I mean, it could look like I just want to be spanked a little bit and I'm afraid to really ask for that or I don't know how to ask for that without hurting his feelings or whatever that is. Right. Or Making, vice versa. You know, sure. maybe he wants, he's the one that wants to be spanked and mm-hmm. and even degraded, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever or reason. Or choked. Choking kind of scares me. Like that whole, I know a lot of people are really mm-hmm. into that and that would, that would, um, I that would probably, yeah, I don't know if I could get over that. I, yeah. That would scare me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it is a big thing. I'd have a limit. You would, have, you would. That would be a hard limit for you. It would that be really be a, hard. A red, yeah, I'm really glad that I'm really glad that hasn't come up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we can talk about it. If you need to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, talk about it. Fantasize about it even. Sure. But right, right. Maybe not actually do it if it's yeah. not your thing. Yeah. But that's the thing. You talk about it. Yeah. You figure it out. Like, what are the things that you want to explore? What don't you? Um, what whatever your red light stuff is. Yeah. You know, whatever you need a safe word for, it's whatever it is. <laughs> safe word. You know. Um, it's true though, right? I mean, it, it is have, true. Have it is word. true. Um, you know, being able to recognize that that we're all different. We mm-hmm. all have whatever turns us on. We hope that we're healthy about it. We hope that we're aware and self-aware of our our needs, our wants, what our erotic template is. Um, when is it too far? When is it when is it compulsive? When is it merging with some kind of a you know mental health issue like right. OCD, for example, compulsivity OCD? Sure. Um, when is it something we need to really be concerned about, and when isn't it? And when when I see a couple or an, even an individual who's like, I really, oh my God, I found this really kinky porn, and I feel terrible about watching it. Uh, what do I do? I, I'm awful. Oh, oh yeah. You know, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm bad. God's going to frown on me or whatever. It might not be God. It might be themselves or their their conscious conscience. So, you know, being able to like own who you are, know who you are, make a an informed choice. Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? And look at the shame aspect of it because that is sort of like, a, in my opinion, a, a core Feeling it's a core issue around when people it, yeah. walk into any therapist, but especially with sex. Mm-hmm. You know, there's we have so much wrapped up, so much meaning wrapped Even up. Even if in you it. think you don't, you do. <laughs> Even if you think you don't, you do. I say that to anyone yeah. who's listening. You know, it's good to yeah. examine it. It's it's good to look at what what you Absolutely. you know. Um, there's shame, and so many people have been um, molested. I mean, whether yes. it was like serious. Um, I shouldn't even qualify it. It's all serious. Yeah. Uh, whether it was, you know, actual sex or penetration or even sometimes just touching or some, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. things that are inappropriate that make you feel um, violated. Yes. Um, that is so common. It, it is. Really it is, is so common. It's almost hard to find somebody who hasn't at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, and a lot of the, the shame in that is around the fact that it felt good or that your, yeah. you know, that your nerve endings responded. Mm-hmm. And that is such... An issue for so many people. Yes, um, that it's like I if if I could yell something from you know the top of a mountain, it would be like it's okay if it felt good. That doesn't mean you liked it. It yeah. doesn't mean that you were that you wanted you to be present with or, that, or yeah. that you colluded, or that it's you your fault, you know. Or... And and just this, you know, these one or ten or twenty experiences of that in your lifetime can be so imprinting. Yes. That no matter how comfortable you are in your sex life, in your world, in your your relationships, you know, there's always there's always something, you know, there's always mm-hmm. something to deal with, to untangle, to to work through. And and it's worth doing for your quality of life. If you're fine and you're happy and you whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's like don't change something that's not broken. Yeah. You know. But anything that is a stumbling block for you or that puts you in a shame place or that that is um uh, paralyzing for you in any way mm-hmm. is worth exploring. Yes, it's worth exploring, and that's yeah. why, you know, the sa- that's that's the beauty of the safety of sex therapy, of sex therapy, yeah. and um, and couples therapy, mm-hmm. and you know, be- and any therapy really, and, yeah, yeah, any therapy really, because um, 
And, and, you know, there's good ones and there's bad ones. You know, not every therapist is going to be the greatest therapist for you or whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, if you've had one bad experience in therapy, don't, like, throw it away. You know, don't, yeah. don't write them all off. Don't write them you all know? off. There are good ones out <laughs> yeah, there. there's good ones. People who are better fits. I, yeah. just, I do want to say something about this, this sure. molestation and trauma yes. thing. Um, you know, the statistics that kind of get thrown around are that one in three women in her lifetime and one in eight men in his lifetime mm-hmm. will have some kind of a sexually violating, assault-like, rape-like experience, mm-hmm. molestation. I, I do think the numbers are a lot higher. Oh, sure. Um, for both Those men and women. Those are the ones women. that are talking. Those are the ones that are willing to admit it. Yeah. You know, um, but you get a room full of 100 people, and I would say probably 95 of them have had something like that happen, if not more. Maybe the other five had something so small that didn't even register. Yeah, they can have a but, few of mine. Ditto. You grow up in the valley, you're going to be flashed by some guy or oh, grabbed God. by some guy. Oh, my that's, God. I, get, I barely even that's barely, that stuff. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, what, what yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah. I, I forget that's on the list. It's, yeah, it's like so, even, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we all have our traumas. We all have something that's happened. We sometimes even don't register it. Um, if if there's anything at all that's going on inside your head, a person's head, that has to do with being violated, feeling powerless, feeling helpless, um, if you're a man, if you're a woman, you know, please ask somebody for help because you don't need to go through your life feeling all those terrible feelings. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah, It's not an easy thing to sit in front of somebody and admit with any sense of feeling that this happened, mm-hmm. but it will feel better when you get to the other side of it. Yeah. Your quality of life does improve. And there's, there's so much tied into dramatic. this. It's very dramatic. Pretty, yeah. I, I see it a lot. I've, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people in front of me who have been severely, severely abused. Mm-hmm. And the thing to know about that is that for some people, it, it completely derails them. Sure. For some people, it, they're completely healthy about it, but it did create maybe a sexual template mm-hmm. where they do want some, to be tied up or whatever it is. Um, or they have incest fantasies or they have, you know, whatever it is that right. happened is what happened. But that's the, the long-term effect of it. What we're talking about is just getting to a place within yourself where you're okay mm-hmm. with, with what, who you are and what your life has been. Yes. And we don't have to do this stuff alone. This is like this is such an important thing because so many people are walking around with sexual and particular sexual trauma. Sure. And that by the way does also include like if mom or dad had porn laying around but never touched you, never, you know. Right, never did know, anything. Just anything that might have anything that might have affected you mm-hmm. in a way that created or shaped your 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 sexuality negatively. Right. You know. And you Whatever might, you might just need to talk about it. Like even you, if you're you fine, might, sometimes you can talk about something one time and you go, and it's oh, done. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. I just kind of said it out loud and yeah. could deal with it and yeah. just got, just kind of, you know, put it in front of me and put it in front of somebody else. And we said, Oh, okay, look at that. Instead of just having it filed way back in the exactly. recesses where it's, it's nagging at you. Yeah. And you know, those are things I, I just, you know, I want to thank you for being here and My you pleasure. do beautiful work. And, you you know, these last couple uh, uh, episodes that we've done here, we've, you know, we've talked about some sort of funny stuff and some very heavy stuff Mm -hmm. and and everything in between. And I think that um, that it's that, you know, what I would really want people to walk from 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 these two podcasts Mm -hmm. and from um, hearing you is that it's uh, this spectrum of sexuality is so broad uh, mm-hmm. for us humans and you know any anything um 
anything can be talked about with the right person and that it's it's you know what, what I what I hope for people is a quality of life and an authenticity uh, in your life and true intimacy in your relationships and yes. I think that um, you know being comfortable with your sexuality and your partner's sexuality is just such an amazing part of having a genuine intimacy in your relationships. Yes. And um, I love, I love that that's the work you do. Me too. And I thank you so much for being here. It has been my pleasure. Great. So you can find me on Facebook at uh, Sophie Venable. You can find my tweets at MILF Talk and you can find my book on Amazon. It's called MILF 101. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.